Empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. We have a couple of uh, mailbag. It's mailbag Monday. Time for your mailbag questions. Mailbag brought to you by. It's not the one with hair. It's the one with envelope. An envelope. Blah blah. blah. Don't forget it's to lick flexi. the envelope. <laughs> Not the one with hair, but with an envelope. <laughs> Dyslexia is a horrible disease. I was the only one at Halloween to say hi, trick or trout. Okay. Yuri. We should call this Yuri's mailbag. Yuri, Yuri, Yuri's in every week. Yuri's mailbag. All right. Another question for Mailbag. Why are all Vikings fans such idiots? Many Lions and Bear fans are nice, normal, realistic people. Doesn't seem to be the case with the Vikings. Why and how come? Okay. I think, personally, it's brought on by all that sexual tension. Now, <laughs> I just... So that we're clear. This is what Winter? I see. I'm just an, I'm just an outsider. I, this is what I see. All their heads are purple. On the side of their helmets is a single sperm. As soon as something goes good, they have an immediate need to put their lips on a horn. I mean, short of running around, slapping each other with dildos, this is a bang bus event. This is what I see. I'm just an outsider looking in. <laughs> in my thought, it is that when you have not because it's not even 36 years of dominance matt i mean and, and they really have been in in division the bears have really not been extremely relevant right i mean it's they have their years but it's kind of few and far between they just they can't figure it out and the vikings at least are consistently nipping at our heels but just can't get over the hump and i think that's more frustrating see, for fans. see? They want to get the hump, right? Like, this is so sexually frustrating for them. I, I get, 
long winters in Minnesota, it's cold, they're alone. All you can do is stick your pole in an ice fishing hole. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be rough. It's got to be rough. Got to be rough. That's it's, all I can say. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I agree with him. A lot of Bears fans invite, and, and, you know, with Bears fans, like we can kick the crap out of them Sunday. And on Monday, you're having a beer with the guy. It, it, it's it, you shook hands and you know that next year it might be a different story. We know the history. So it's not so bad. Vikings fans, Vikings fans celebrate the fact that they didn't make the playoffs. Oh, it's better to not lose in the playoffs. There's no reasoning or logic behind a Vikings fan other than just, just shout out some hate. And like we had another idiot today say, Oh, that Kirk cousins is better than Lamar Jackson to which I responded. Oh, Lamar Jackson went in MVP. When did Cousins win his MVP? 38 and 33, $42 million a year, one playoff appearance in nine years. I, I think they're just frustrated. Just frustrated. And they're assholes. Yeah. Pure assholes. Let's get on with the second question. Uh, Steve says, uh, now that Devontae Adams is gone, who is going to be the lead, the leading targeted receiver. Bruce had to pull out the slide calculator, the uh, slide ruler. Uh, he a had four charts behind, behind his head right now. He's got four different charts, maps, the strings. It looks like the madman theory, but he's got, he's crunched the numbers. Who is it going to be, Bruce? Yeah, I'm wearing my little green hat and I've got my little calculator in front of me and I'm pushing <laughs> the button and the number is coming out and the numbers get spit out and here's what we have. Aaron Rodgers had 531 pass attempts, and you remember he did not play against Kansas City. And Jordan Love had 62 attempts during the year. So you're talking about 593 pass attempts that were basically spread out amongst the team, obviously. And when you look at this, and I, I talked about this before, like how are we going to replace Devontae Adams, which is what the media is talking about. Now we're not scary anymore. That, that same narrative that they keep bringing up that everybody asks about. And 44% of targets is a huge number. I mean, Devontae Adams was targeted 169 times. And remember, he missed some games, right? So it wasn't like he played all 17 games. MVS is the other, let's, let's call it target monster, right, at this point. Because I, I think Cobb probably would have taken that number two wide receiver, but he was hurt as well. He had the hernia, the core surgery that he had, and he came back at the end of the year. So MBS was at 14% with 83 targets. So you're talking about 261 total targets um, that are vacated in this year. So what Matt and I did is we actually just kind of talked this through because we are of the belief that the running backs are going to be the biggest beneficiaries of this with the way that the wide receiver room looks right now. Uh, Alan Lazard has still not signed his restricted free agent contract. And he's, he's dragging his feet. And there's now reports that he's not going to show up to this first set of OTAs. Listen, Alan, listen. And I, I want to make sure that this is very clear to you. Don't step on that side right now after losing Devontae and we've got no money and we're trying to keep the team together. Don't step on that side of the fence, son. Don't do it. Stick where you are. You'll be rewarded. It'll happen. You'll get paid for it. And remember last year, come on, man. After last year's performance, is this, 
you're going to hold out after last year's performance. You don't want to maybe put up a, a better piece of work and then hold out after that. Yeah. You know, he was only targeted 60 times and he had 40 catches. So it's not like he was, let's just put it this way. Aaron Jones had 65 targets. Dylan had 37 targets during the season. Alan Lazard had 60 targets, $3.89 million. They offered you a tender. They matched the tender. Nobody came and got you, which means nobody came and felt that you were worth $3.89 million. The Packers own your rights. You are a restricted free agent, which means if you don't sign this, they can come back and say, guess what, buddy? Vet minimum to clear $2 million off the books and you can fucking sit your ass on the bench because you're not going anywhere and we're not trading you and we're not moving you. So you can lose a year. And the Packers are very good at paying their players. They show this time and time again. Preston Smith took a deal. He did what he was supposed to do. He got paid. Razul Douglas comes in, plays for a pretty much bare minimum linebacker contract. Guess what? Got paid. Razul Douglas comes in as a free agent. You mean Campbell? Campbell. Or Campbell. What did I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said Douglas. I we we get what you're saying. Yeah. Douglas and Campbell both came in for basically next to nothing, and now they're paid, right? Look at Jair Alexander, paid, right? Devontae Adams, they were going to pay Devontae Adams. They pay the players they want to keep. But players that make stinks like this end up with the Vikings. 100%. That's where they end up. Or the Lions. The Lions have a tendency to like our wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. So yeah. I agree with you. If we extrapolate this out to the entire season and we look at these vacated targets, there was 10 and a half targets that were going to Devontae Adams per game, 10 and a half targets, 30%. That's basically every series, at least one time Devontae Adams was being targeted. That's basically what was happening. MBS and this lines up with wanting to take shots. There were five, five shots per game that were given to MBS per game average, just targeted. And it was three catches. That's what it was. So it's three catches, five targets, three catches. I, I have a feeling that Watson's going to play that role and probably just be a little bit better in terms of completion percentage. And hopefully he finds a groove and your prediction. Don't comes forget through. about Dobbs. Don't forget about Dobbs, right? Dobbs is in there too. And there's some talk about that. Maybe the Packers aren't that worried because Dobbs looks like a Lazar, except a little faster, maybe a little sure-handed too. You know, I like me some Lazar. I really do. And I hope that they get this thing sorted. But at the same time, if if he if he holds out, he'll go down a couple of rungs in my books. That'll be that. That'll then it just becomes you know he's team first, team first. I'll do special teams. I'll block. I'll do what I have to do. And then when it comes time to contract, he's like, screw you, screw everybody. I'm holding out. Well, like like you just said, no other team thought you were worth three point eight million. They thought Christian Kirk was worth eighty four but they don't think you're worth 3.8. Maybe his whole plan is, is, and I mean, I'm being very speculative and uh, wishful hoping here, but uh, maybe he's not going to sign and play for vet minimum and save us 2 million bucks. And that's what he wants to do. I doubt it. I don't think that's it at all. I think he wants more money and he doesn't want to show up to OTAs. That's not good. Packers don't do well with players that think like this. It's time to go. That's probably where the team is and look 39 targets for Cobb and limited action so target share wise he was basically on par he, he twice as many targets as Lazard in terms of play time so you're talking about 70 targets that are going to go to Randall Cobb because it's the security blanket right now until these guys come back in there's a mind meld between those two Tanyan's going to be coming back 
that's apparent because they've been talking a lot. I expect Aguara to to help out in that regard as well. So you're talking about two tight ends that one is proven, right? I mean, he had obviously regression. He got injured. I don't expect 14 touchdowns out of him again, but you don't know. But right? eight. But eight. Yeah. So I I just I agree with you. I think 17% target share that went to the running backs, even if we stick to that same number, that means that Aaron Jones is going to have 97 targets, almost 100 targets to Aaron Jones, and A.J. Dillon's going to have 53 targets. You're talking about 150 different targets just to the running back position, and then you bring in Amari Rogers, who's probably going to be playing close to the line. He's the big knock on him, or the big knock on him that we had was we were expecting him to be that run after the catch guy with quick in, you know, just making sure that uh, every highlight we saw with the guy coming in to the league was him taking the ball at, I don't know, maybe a yard or two deep and taking a 14 yard clip off of it. That's what we didn't see from him, but the coaches have said that he's stepping up. So I think it's going to be, again, we've said this death by a thousand cuts and it's going to be spread out. So I don't anticipate anybody hitting a thousand yards or maybe barely getting to a thousand yards, like 950. But those 4,300 yards that Rogers tosses is going to go to Cobb, Dobbs, Amari, right? Watson, the tight ends, and the running backs. So and it's going to be out. And yeah. And Sammy Watkins, Watkins somebody else that we're talking Winf- about. Winfrey, Taylor. It's- like the problem with Lazar pulling this move now is, is right now the wide receiver room is a little full. Right. And with Watkins there, we have that veteran presence. Presence. So the I question think Lazar is, really, is getting think, bad. He's getting bad advice right now. Lazar absolutely. is getting bad advice right now. From because, his agent. It, oh, you can be the number one. You might qua- possibly be a new number one. You might. But we haven't seen it yet. And so we don't pay for things we haven't seen yet. We're not the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, we're not. You're, you're not Kirk. You're not Christian Kirk. And you know, you, you just said something that kind of just lit up a little light bulb. This question is not so much about where are the targets going. It's who is Aaron Rodgers going to trust? Because that's what he does. He uber targets the person that he knows is going to be in the spot where they're supposed to be. Look, Watson's going to be the deep threat on the side. He's going to take his shot. So Watson's going to get his five targets a game until he starts coming into his own and the rest of these guys, who is the guy that's going to step up and take the mantle from Cobb, right? Cause Cobb is, I mean, this is, he's an older guy. He's there. He's a veteran. He, he has the trust of Rogers, but who is it going to be? Is it going to be Watkins? Is he going to stay healthy? Is it going to be Dobbs? And it looks like it's Dobbs. It looks like Dobbs is starting to really step into that role. And especially cause we don't need a one. We just need a bunch of really good twos. <laughs> that are all just because nobody's going to get doubled. We need to have enough firepower with the wide receivers to open up the run game because yeah. they were not opening up holes. Look, this offensive line, as well as they performed in pass protection, were not very good in in run blocking. I mean, A.J. Dillon averaged 3.4 yards per carry, you know, after contact. But why? Because he was getting hit in the backfield. Now, Aaron Jones, 5.5. Why? Because he's getting it out in space, so he's not getting contact until he's five five yards down the field. But that's yeah. something that they're going to have to fix, and that was with Devontae Adams being doubled and tripled. So I have a feeling we might have to spread it out a little bit more, but the targets are going to be spread out the same way. 
Double wishbone. Here we go, folks. Goops Callahan here. It looks like they're on the 30-yard line. Double wishbone formation. Looks like they're going to do the old jig-a-ma-rigger. <laughs> I've never heard of the jig-a-ma-rigger. <laughs> That's where they double pass with a halfback pass with a toss and a fake fumble. Statue of Liberty play. And then, of course, the look at your watch play. <laughs> Just terrible. I don't know. Listen. I don't need Mailbag. Done and done. What was the other thing we were going to talk about? Mailbag and... Well, we've got your recipe coming up a little bit later today on the... Yeah. What, are you doing? what was You're the other thing? Pork. Pulled pork. Pork butt. Pork butt. Well, I, I, I can talk a little bit because there was a question that came up. So I spent Saturday taking shots and drinking beer with uh, a bunch of Raiders fans on Saturday. And they did keep asking me, one of the things that kept coming up in that thread is like, man, like we're worried about you, right? Like what's going on? That same media narrative with the wide receivers. And the question was actually posed and, and it had not so much to do with the wide receivers, but it's what do you expect? Do you expect your offensive line to take a step up to give Rogers time to find these wide receivers? So it's kind of an offensive line question, right? And we, we're not going to really see much of anything until OTAs kind of come through and then training camp, even last year up until the very first game, we weren't really sure who was going to play where. So my question to you is now seeing everybody that's in there, you know, they're going to carry at least nine offensive linemen into the season because that's what they do. And I, a lot of unsigned guys that came in, right? Like the, just the undrafted free agents that brought in, we've got, Mr. Bohemoth, Caleb Jones, it's like six nine, seven hundred and sixty-six pounds, basically. <laughs> That's just this yeah. monster. Yeah. 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 You so know, what do you anticipate? I think the offensive line, and we said okay. it, number one need wide receiver, number two offense life. So what are your thoughts on the offensive line? So we used to use the pass to open up the run, and now we're gonna open up the run or use the run to open up the pass. That's what's gonna happen. We are going to run, 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 mm -hmm. and that's going to cause nine to get into the box, single high safety, and that's going to give a Watson or a Rogers or a Cobb or somebody a one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, and we're going to smoke them deep. And then we're going to go back to the chink, chunk, chink, chunk, just like we've been saying, death by a thousand cuts. This is the best way to destroy an opponent's defense is to keep them on the field have every play a successful play, meaning you got at least a couple, two, three yards on every play. And then you score a touchdown. I mean, you, you wear them out, you pound them, you get them moving side to side. They're exhausted. By the third quarter, you've beaten them so badly, you can call whatever play you want in the playbook. It's going to work. They're just done. And they're fighting on the sidelines because they can't stop the bleeding and it's just a trickle down. Our defense is going to give us three, four more possessions just because of the turnovers and three and outs and that sort of thing. And we just have to capitalize. And I think like we've been preaching, we're going to see Jones, Dylan, mm -hmm. Tunyon, DeGuara, Mac. We're going to see those guys doing the heavy lifting, getting us towards the end zone. And with little flashes of Rogers, Cobb, Watson, Winfrey, Watkins, you know, I'm not putting Lazar in there just yet. Uh, Lazar, if you listen, run, go sign your tender, do a one-year deal, do a two-year deal, whatever it is. Do a prove-it-or-lose-it deal. Mm -hmm. Go sign it. Don't be a dummy. Take your money now, prove it and show it. You didn't prove it and show it last year. You really didn't. You really didn't. 
And I know you're going to say, I had to do a lot of blocking and I had to do this and that. And that's fine. And we appreciate that. We love you for that. But you need to get your ass out there and show us that you can be the number one and not make drops to critical times and beat your coverages because you didn't do a lot of that. And the contested balls, which is what you were good at, right? Like you need to get up there. You need to climb that ladder and snag those balls up there because you're going to be going down the middle a lot, buddy. It's not going to be outside fade throws. Those are going to be to Watkins and 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 Watson on the outside. You're going to play on the inside. You're going to have to take some contested catches and use that big body that they love, that 200-pound frame to get that ball. Look, right now on the depth chart, Matt, here you go. All right, offensive line. This is listed on the official website as of yesterday for the Packers. They have David Bakhtiari listed as the starter. So we're expect they are expecting Bach back at left tackle. Left guard, they've actually got John Runyon at left guard listed as the starter. As center, they've got uh, Josh Myers, obviously. Then at right guard, they have Royce Newman, interestingly enough. And then at right tackle, something that we said, in the offseason leading into this was Eldon Jenkins playing that right tackle side. So we've got both of the edges protected because of the think about who we're going to be going up against in terms of, of pass rushers. We've got Aiden Hutchinson just added to the lions and they were already pretty good at getting after the quarterback. Then you're talking about the Vikings who brought in Zedarius and look, regardless of whether he stays healthy all year or not, he's going to be there for that first game. And he's not going to be playing on the left side uh, lined up against Bakhtiari, he's going to be on the right side. So guess what? There's Eldon Jenkins for you, right? And then the Bears with their linebackers, and even though they're not um, world beaters, are very good. I mean, you know, Mac and all the everything that's happened to them. I mean, they're, they're going to be in shambles. They're not winning five games, but they, they've always had a very good – they figure out the defensive front. So those are our five. And then right behind there, you're talking to back up Bakhtiari. you got Yash Nyman as the two, John Runyon. Um, at left guard, they've got Sean Ryan, the rookie as a backup. He might take that position from Ryan Runyon. I think at this point, that's more than likely. My prediction is that Sean's going to be starting at the beginning of the year. Then center Jake Hansen, who's kind of the little utility tool, but played some, some center last year for us. And then Cole Van Lannan behind Royce Newman. And then the other rookie, Zach Tom behind Eldon Jenkins. That's what we've got is our top 10. And obviously we still got Michael Minette, George Moore, Caleb Jones, Schneider Cole, like Cole Schneider, you're talking about three, six, nine, 12, 13 players. So of those four are going to be gone and the rest of them are going to be on there. So we've got some good depth, but that offensive line is going to be critical as well. So for that question, I think the offensive line is what's going to hold this team together. If we get Eldon and Bach back, I think we're going to be fine. Absolutely. As long as we get those two guys back. That's it. If not, yeah. then we're going to be rotating guys through and it's going to be like it was last year where we're going to be okay. We're going to hold it together. But when, if we're playing any close, close games and we're not really dominating or we start slow the way we usually do, the offensive line is going to have to step up because we, we can't have with special teams until I see it, I don't believe it. Right. So we're going to have two of our phases are going to have to be playing outstanding, which is going to be defense and offense and then special teams just not fuck it up. But if that offensive line can step it up and we're playing at an elite level at the offensive line, it'll mask a lot of the, the special teams issues that we're having until the special teams. I don't teams think we're going to – I don't think we're going to have any special teams issues this year. I think we're going to be like 21st, which will be a huge improvement. Huge. I don't think we'll have any special teams worries this year. I think uh, Coach Rich has got it 
He's all over it. We grabbed a whole bunch of these undrafted free agents and a handful of these guys that I think he, he picked in the, in the sixth and seventh round. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, some of these defensive tackles, that great big monster of a guy, they're going to put him on the outside edge, try and get around a guy that size who has wingspan, you know, wider than I am tall, right? Like that's ridiculous. And, and you know, what's really cool is I, I didn't realize this because you always picture the trenches, especially when you're talking about a field goal unit, right? You want to have a bunch of beef up front to hold these guys. Cause all you need to do is hold them for a few seconds. I did not know that long snappers, you know what the average weight of a long snapper is in the NFL? 235. 232. They are not big guys. <laughs> no, yeah. no. I met one. I met one one time when I was in Baltimore. I met the long snapper for the Baltimore Ravens, and I thought he was full of crap. I thought he was making it up to me, right? But I recognized the guy that he was with as being a Baltimore Ravens coach. And they were like, no, seriously. And I shook his hand. Oh, hey, yeah. And I pretended like, no, no, I knew it was you all along, blah, blah, blah. But the whole time I'm like, I'm bigger than that guy. How are you in the NFL? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So th this guy that they brought in, that they just brought in off of the street, fits all of those metrics for what a prototypical, prototypical long snapper looks like. And Basachi's starting to make some cuts and starting to make some moves. I mean, JJ Molson's gone. He was on there. They protected him. Remember, they did like three days of they did like three days of kicks and then let him go. Yep. Like, wow. So Basachi knows. Like he, yeah. Basachi yeah. has a vision, which is I think what's been lacking. And that's the even if guys start buying in and this is the first year, just like when you change a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, it's going to take some time, but I was just, I found it interesting that he's cutting people. It's not even in training camp and OTAs and he's already making his cuts and deciding what's going to happen. I, I bet you a lot, like you said, he, a lot of those late round picks were Basaccio picks, right? Let's, how are yeah. we going to address special teams, which is something the Packers have not necessarily done. They draft the position, then come contribute on special teams. A lot of these guys seems like, they're specific special teamers that had at least 160 snaps, you know, 200 snaps, special teamer guys on college teams that were very good. And that's what they brought in at the end of the draft. So I'll be interested. 20, 25% of your team plays are special teams, right? Yeah. 25%. And yet, yeah. and yet we didn't do anything for it. You know, now we're doing something for it. So right on, let's get to the second half and some pork butt. Wichita, Kansas. From the UK. From Los Angeles. From Northern Wisconsin. From Nova Scotia. From the Derby City, Louisville, Kentucky. From Central Illinois. From Southern Cali. From Turkey. Omaha, Nebraska. From California. From Melbourne, Australia. From Chicago, Illinois. They're from the UK. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. And Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Back.
Packers without borders. 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 The greatest podcast on the planet. What you got cooking? So this is what I do, okay? I use the Hardcore Carnivore Jess Pilus. I use the Hardcore Carnivore uh, Red. It's for pork and chicken. It's uh, It's got just a little bit of a bite to it. Mostly it's, uh, you know, your salt and your pepper and your, you know, uh, onion and chili powders and things like that. It's a great blend specific for pork and chicken. So I get a five pound, this is what I did. I, I got a five pound uh, pork butt and uh, I put it in the rub. 24 hours before I, uh, you know, give the, give the meat a little rinse and then I uh, pat dry it with a paper towel and then I cover it with this rub and I make sure that I get it in all the little cracks and crevices. You want to get all that uh, uh, rub in all the little nooks, crannies and all the little folds and stuff. That's where the good juices, that's, that's, that'll turn into a really good uh, crunchy, tasty bit later. So you put it in the rub. Yeah, because you you know I don't I'm not I don't smoke things, dude. Like I just I don't have a smoker, so this is a serious yeah. question. A lot of times, what I see because you know YouTube University sometimes helps out quite a bit. A lot of people have a tendency to kind of slice, like cross slice the meat when you're talking about chicken and pork to get it in there before you do it. Do you do any type of slicing, or you just leave it on the outside? Not with pork. Pork and chicken are very porous, right? And they're a lighter meat, so they really absorb the. Uh, Maybe if you do that to your brisket, I do that to my brisket. I'll cut the uh, fat cap. I'll just put a few slices in it, right? And then that way I know that the, the seasoning gets all the way in there, right. but not with pork or chicken. I, I see lots of people, man, I've seen guys, I saw one guy turn an old toilet into a smoker. I mean, people do crazy things on the internet. Right. So put it in your rub. Uh, I put it in a uh, plastic bowl and then I saran wrap it. Saran wrap is important. You got to keep the air away from it. Put it in the fridge overnight, 24 hours. Then go get your smoker ready. Uh, I used uh, apple and uh, cherry wood in this one. Uh, so um, I got the smoker going. You get it up to 225. Okay. So you're going to cook it at 225 and it's 90 to 120 minutes per pound course depending on your smoker and the temperature you're at and then depending on how well you want it done okay so for five pounds at uh two hours basically per pound that's 10 hours it's going to sit in my smoker okay so this is going to be one of those if you want to eat at dinner time you're going to get your butt up at like five in the morning get mm -hmm. that smoker going because it takes about an hour to get it up to temperature and get it smoking right you want that nice white clear smoke that comes 
comes through, not at first, that really dark stuff, right? That's kind of harsh. You want it smoking pretty good before you put it in there. So uh, about half hour before it goes in the smoker, I take it out of the fridge, I uncover it, and I put it on the counter just so it starts to get up to room temperature. The reason why I do this with a lot of my meats is if you put cold meat onto a hot grill, the meat will tense up and it becomes tough. If you let it get to about room temperature, it doesn't tense up as much and therefore it'll it'll stay nice and uh, uh, juicy. It's a muscle. So relax the muscle, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, put the I put the pork butt in the smoker. Uh, I let it smoke. I let this one for five hours. I let this one go for uh, eight and a half hours. And then I pulled it out. Uh, you can tell it's ready because, well, it looks really well cooked. You stick a meat thermometer in it and you're up at uh, temperature. And when I tried to remove it from the grill inside the smoker, when I grabbed it with the tongs, I literally squeezed it in half. Like it was so juicy. Don't cut any of that fat. When you go to the when you go to the butcher and they go, oh, pork butt, let them leave the fat in there. That's what you want. You want that stuff simmering in there. So then I take my pork butt out. I put it in. You know what I did I, yesterday? I put it in a uh, roasting pan and I just put the lid on it and I let it sit for about 45 minutes to an hour. Then I opened it up. We were doing pulled pork this time. So you just take a couple of forks and you just start tearing the heck out of it. We saw a uh, hack on the internet one time this guy had one of those hand mixers for like blended drinks or whatever and he was just and he just shredded it using a hand mixer and that seemed to work pretty good too um we put those pulled pork uh we put the pulled pork on a a fresh crusty bun a little slice of um a little bit of uh coleslaw can't even think i'm so hungry right now a little bit of coleslaw you're making me hungry dude little dab of uh, we use uh, sweet baby rays. This one was hickory and maple barbecue sauce. A little splat of that on there, and then a nice fresh slice of uh, one of those uh, uh, pickles. A uh, nice garlicky pickle. Put that right on top. And I'm kosher's. Yeah, we had. Uh, I had four of those last night. Four of those sandwiches, and was promptly in a meat coma. The best part is when you do something like a five pound pork butt. You're gonna have a lot of leftovers. Mm-hmm. The next day, this is the best. The next day, we'll we'll make toast. We'll use turkey gravy. You know, we use those little townhouse packages where you take the package, you put it in some water, and you mix it, and it becomes like a gravy. It's just salt water is what you yeah. now created. But we use that, and we use uh, thick French fries. And so then we'll put the pork butt on top of uh, toast, cover it in, with gravy, and then French fries with the gravy, and have that the next day. Oh, I'm I'm drooling right there. That's Matt's pork boot. Pork boot. Pork boot. So you don't put any do you, so you don't put any barbecue sauce on it before it goes in the smoker or after you just kind of leave it with the rub and then just everybody chews their poison with the with the barbecue sauce afterwards. The rub is really good. Sometimes what I'll do, um, let's say it cooks for, and I'm just using arbitrary numbers here. Let's say it cooks for 10 hours at the five hour mark. I will go, I will open it up and I will coat it in barbecue sauce and then leave it so that it, it keeps that juices in there, but you don't need to do it. You want the pulled pork to taste of the rub and of Mm -hmm. the woods, wood smoke that you used. And when you're using, you know, pork and chicken, you want those lighter woods, those apples, pecan, cherry, you know, uh, uh, maple, that sort of thing. When you're using beef and tougher meats, you want that mesquite 
hickory. I've got Jack Daniels uh, barrel chips, and I've also got Crown Royal barrel chips. I'm saving the Crown Royal. I have a uh, friend of mine who's uh, coming up from the States, and I'm saving the Crown Royal because I am going to smoke like he's never seen smoking before. I've got four racks in my smoker, and they're going to leave. Are they going to drink? Are they? Heavier. Are you going to drink a bunch of beer with him? Uh, like he's never seen. <laughs> like he's never seen. Like he's never seen. I'm telling you, it's it's it's. He's probably going to go back 25 pounds heavier, I think, and maybe with a little bit of alcoholism, or or taking, <laughs> or just taking a lot more shits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, terrible. Right on. Cool. Cooking. Cooking on a lang. Not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. Hashtag not a sponsor. So Monday, what, what else? Uh, what, what happened this weekend? What'd you do this weekend? So we had a. Oh, I know a, what we wanted to talk about. I know what we wanted to talk about. Oh, there we go. What happened the other day? What happened the other day when you Googled us on iTunes? Oh, baby. So iTunes, as anybody who's a content creator knows that iTunes fucking sucks. Okay, no, wait, 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 wait. I want everyone to pay attention because Bruce is about to make an announcement that makes us very excited. Okay, go on. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. All right. So pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> every day I go to iTunes and I go to Spotify and I go to Stitcher and I look at the analytics and I look at everything. And Spotify, we're doing okay. We're doing pretty good. Like I'm happy. Like you search us, we pop up. Like when you and just put in Packers, right? Because yeah. not Packers without borders, because obviously that, but Packers. Let's see where we are in Packer world of of podcasts and we've never shown up on the iTunes page. We've been doing this almost a year. Father's day this year is going to be, uh, we're, we're going to have a special show for you guys. Uh, you'll, you'll see, uh, for our one year anniversary, but I go in there and all of a sudden I do a search for the Packers and blessed be the Lord that we're actually on the first page and bro, I just I couldn't believe that our name actually came up before. There were like these weird podcasts that would pop up that had nothing to do with Packers before we got to us. This is the first time when I did a search for Packers and I put shows. See all here we go. I'm not even going to name the other people um, because number one is a jerk a guy face. Who a jerk face. Books. A jerk Peter face. McCoy. Yeah. One but, time I read a book and so now I know football. And and you've got obviously <laughs> the Milwaukee. So it's. And Andy Herman, that dude's been killing oh, yeah. it. For a long Fantastic. Time. Fantastic. Yeah. And then Packernet Podcast, Pack Daddy's starting to create his little empire over there. We're we're coming for you, motherfucker. Yeah, um, man. Watch your back, bro. Yeah. <laughs> right. Here's the plan. You are going to get Peter Bukaki out of first place, and then we'll work our way up there, and then we'll just take the mantle from you eventually, buddy. That's the yeah. plan, right? Yeah. Like That's we'll work together, idea. but then at the end, whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And then um, you'll be you you'll you'll be there'll be uh, 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 Mr. T and we'll be Rocky. You can take the championship. Just hold it for us. We'll yeah. be right there to take it back. <laughs> and then Milwaukee Journal. So newspaper, huge backing. And then you've got SB Nation. So SB Nation, everybody knows that's big. And then 
obviously the Ike Packers podcast, IKE, those guys have been doing it for a really long time. Pretty good Packer podcast. And then Packers Unscripted, which is actually Packers.com. And then The Athletic. And then guess what, buddy? Pat McAfee. And then it's us. What? <laughs> how do how do we only have four followers and we're there already? I don't know. I don't know. But Packers Wire, like we, we've surpassed. Let's talk about guys that we've surpassed, right? Because look, the guys, this is what I like about this. And the reason I'm breaking this up, other than tooting our own horn, because we do put a lot of time into this, honestly. This is a second full-time job. We love doing this. We would love to have some money to be able to do this full time. Um, we're working that on our other businesses as well, you know, trying to figure out how we're, we can just sit in front of a pod in front of a computer and do a podcast. But so the guys it's, it's content creators. They're starting to take the mantle from the media, the talking heads, these guys that are gr grassroots like Matt Ramage, Pack Daddy, um, the Acme army boys were doing good. You know, there's all these just Bruce content. Edmonds. Yeah. I mean, and then there, here we are. I mean, we're now above, uh, this is what's great. USA Today, ESPN, all are starting to fall down the list. So there, bum, 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 bum. there's a trend. Content creators, we need to support each other. We need to love each other, man. It, it's it's really hard to do this. And it's really nice that, that people out there are starting to recognize the difference between the media, talking heads, the guys that just kind of spew out clickbait as opposed to the guys that actually spend time doing this. So it, it's a shout out to all content creators, but we're coming, motherfuckers. Yeah, just like that blip on the radar for a battleship. And they go, what's that little blip there? Ooh, it's Packers Without Borders. Like a torpedo. <laughs> like a torpedo, we're come to sink your ship. Yeah. Right on, man. Thank you, guys. Wanted to just thank everyone, honestly. It, it's Appreciate awesome. it, guys. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, Mailbag Monday. Don't forget, if you want to send us any questions, you can send it to Packers Without Borders at outlook.com or send us a dm via twitter we are also on the facebook and uh we are also on patreon don't forget about patreon we've got a whole bunch of exclusive content on patreon a lot of it explicit uh, another episode going up to uh, patreon today now, i'll give you a hint bruce calls the hall and oats phone number and we actually get a performance from hall and oats i asked him i said yes can you please play this song and they it's, did. It's it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. You got to tune in exclusively on Patreon. You can do that like a buck a month does Patreon, right? Like it, it's nothing. Or you can maybe try and top Carla's donation or even beat Jeremy's donation. Either one would be great. Uh, Wednesday, we've got a game to play on Wednesday. Yeah, we do. We're going to have to, uh, well, we won't let too much out. Um, I think that's about it. I think we covered absolutely everything, right? Is anybody, uh, don't forget to, to follow us on Patreon. Uh, leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Uh, send us your visa number and your security code on the back. Um, Expiration date. Oh, have you, have you heard about Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining? I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that either. It's usually after you follow somebody back, right? You click you follow back and all of a sudden. Hi, do you yeah. want to be a millionaire? No. Oh. Yeah. If I had a penny for every time somebody said that, I would be a millionaire. Damn straight. Right on, brother. All right, buddy. Peace. Time to work. Bye. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. 
Try and love each other and go pack go. Esto ha sido Empacadores sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. <risa>